invite you to open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we are continuing in our study with Paul this morning through Galatians. We're going to examine this juicy fruit of joy this morning together. One of our faithful church members, Robin Savage, sent me an email with a picture last week, and it was a picture that showed where she had placed her pack of Juicy Fruit gum, and I believe we've got it right there. Uh, you can see that pack of Juicy Fruit gum. She said, I sat it on top of my computer screen at the office at work so that it would remind me to walk and talk by the Spirit each day. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think it's also a great witnessing tool for her with her coworkers who go in and out of her office because no doubt they'll want to know what on earth is the Juicy Fruit doing there on the top of the screen. I hope and pray that the packs of Juicy Fruit that we've shared with you over the past couple of weeks as we've started this series continues uh, to be a source of encouragement to you. I pray and I hope that God uses uh, these packs of gum to remind each one of us to walk by His Spirit on a, a daily basis. As we look in Galatians chapter 5, uh, Paul wrote these words in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The Holy Spirit produces love in us as we walk by the Spirit. Love is from agape, the word agape. Agape love is God's unconditional, selfless, sacrificial, others-focused, always giving love. It's the love that God has for us. It's the love that Jesus Christ demonstrated for us on the cross of Calvary. It's the love the Holy Spirit of God is producing in us on a day-by-day -day basis so that it can go through us to one another and those God places around us. Remember, Jesus told us, he taught us, he said, by this all people will know you're my disciples by how much knowledge you have. We obviously know that's not the case. Jesus didn't say that. Knowledge for knowledge's sake puffs a person up with pride and selfishness rather than humility and selflessness. No, Jesus said, by this all people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we know this love is vitally important for us. Love edifies, love blesses, love gives, love serves, because love is humble. As Paul told us, it doesn't matter what we know, it doesn't matter what we have, it doesn't matter what we say, it doesn't matter what we do. If it's not done out of this agape love of God at work in and through us, then we've missed God's point. The truth is we can tell how much a person knows by what they say and what they show. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The Holy Spirit produces joy in us as we walk by the Spirit. My earliest memory of learning about joy was years and years ago at children's song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. My favorite line was always the last line. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Ouch. 
sit on attack, ouch, sit on attack, ouch. Some of you are thinking, he needs serious help right now. And you're probably right. Uh, Joy is the first fruit that springs from the fruit of love. God's love for us and in us produces joy in and through us. Joy in the original language is hurrah, and it means gladness, it means delight, it means inner rejoicing. Joy comes from the knowledge that we have a relationship with God by his grace alone, through our faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. Joy is the deep down sense of well-being in our lives, even in times of trials, troubles, sufferings, pain, difficulties, tribulations. It's the deep down sense of well-being that is within us because we know we are right with God in Christ Jesus. Joy is the gladness and the delight we have in knowing we are good in Jesus. This is why Paul challenged us in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. He said rejoice in the Lord always. Notice he said rejoice in the Lord. In other words, our joy is in Jesus. He's saying, be glad in Jesus, delight in Jesus, rejoice in Jesus. Our joy is in Jesus. We can rejoice in the Lord always because the Lord is always with us. This is why James told us in James chapter 1 and verse 2, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you experience various trials, we are able to consider our trials and tests of faith a great joy because we know God is with us in our trials. And God uses our trials to mature and complete us in our faith in Jesus and make us more and more like Jesus. Therefore, even in our trials and tests of faith, we can consider them a great joy. This is why Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 8 and verse 10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy that we have in the Lord strengthens us to live for the Lord. And so I want us to look uh, at this juicy fruit of joy together this morning. Let's look at a few points about love and how these points can help us as we continue to walk by the Spirit each day, knowing that God is producing His fruit of joy in us. We know right here, right now, God is at work in us by his Holy Spirit in us, and he's producing the fruit of love, and he's producing the fruit of joy in us as we look into his word, as we study his word, and as we apply his word in our lives together. So the first fruit, uh, the first point about this fruit of joy that I want us to see is joy is unique. Joy is unique. It's easy for us to link joy and happiness together as if they are synonymous. Joy and happiness are alike because they are emotions that we feel. However, joy and happiness are radically different. Happiness is based on what happens to us. Happiness is based on what happens to us. Therefore, Happiness comes and goes throughout our daily lives. Truth is, happiness 
goes more often than not because we live in a sinful, fallen world that is in rebellion against God and opposition to God. Happiness goes more often than not because of the difficult circumstances and challenges we navigate on a daily basis. Happiness goes more often than not because of the difficult people that we interact with and navigate on a daily basis. Happiness is based on what happens to us. Therefore, we know happiness comes and goes. Joy is based on our relationship with Jesus. Therefore, joy comes and stays. Joy never leaves us. Jesus told us this in John 15, in verse 9, he said, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things, here he goes, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The joy we have in Jesus never leaves us because Jesus never leaves us. Joy comes and stays and grows in us. The song got it right. I have the joy, 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 joy down, down, deep down in my heart, in my life, and so do you as followers of Jesus Christ. Remember, our joy doesn't come from our circumstances. Our joy is revealed in and through our circumstances. Our joy doesn't come from other people. Our joy is revealed in the ways we interact with other people. Our joy is in Jesus. Our joy is from Jesus. Our joy is through Jesus. And so we see this fruit of the spirit of joy. It is based on our relationship with Jesus. It comes and stays and grows in us as the Holy Spirit continues to work in us as we walk by the Spirit day by day. The second point is joy is a gift from God. Joy is a gift from God to you and me in Christ Jesus. The psalmist David said in Psalm 16 and verse 11 uh, that you have revealed a path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. There's abundant joy for us in the presence of God. We enter God's presence. We receive this abundant joy. We receive these eternal pleasures through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us on the cross of Calvary. In our response of faith and trust in him, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Amen? We're new creations in Christ Jesus. And this joy that is ours in Jesus, this joy that we receive through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary for us, this joy is a gift from God that we receive by faith in Jesus, and it's a gift from God that continues giving to us. It just keeps on giving. You can think of it this way. Joy helps us to live inward. Joy helps us to live inward. We see the three dimensions of life. 
as it relates to this fruit of joy. Joy helps us to live inward. Joy calms our fears and our worries because it reminds us we're good in Christ Jesus. Joy comforts us in our sufferings, in our times of loss, in our times of pain, in our times of loneliness. Joy reminds us Jesus is with us. Joy strengthens us to live for Jesus. Joy helps us to walk in obedience to Jesus. The writer of Hebrews told us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, who for the joy set before him, the joy set before Jesus was the joy of obeying God. The joy set before Jesus was the joy of fulfilling God's plan for his life, which was to provide us with forgiveness of sins, to rescue us by going to the cross in our place, paying the price for our sins. The joy set before Jesus was the joy Jesus knew that he would have of returning back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God after he completed God's work for him on this earth, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy of obeying God the Father motivated Jesus to obey God the Father. It was this joy that he had in his obedience that motivated him to obey. And the joy we are filled with in Jesus helps to motivate us to obey Jesus. We are filled with joy as we obey Jesus because we know what he wants for us is right for us. And the more we obey Jesus, the more we are filled with the joy of Jesus, the more we long to obey Jesus. So joy helps us live inward. Joy helps us live upward. Joy glorifies God. Joy glorifies God. The fruit of the spirit of joy in your life and my life is the evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through us. If you see joy, this joy, this gladness, this delight in a person's life that supersedes their circumstances, their challenges, their difficulties, maybe the pain, the suffering, the trials, the tests of faith that they're in. When you see that joy at work, that is a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit of God at work in that individual's life because this joy that is in them, this joy that is being seen through them is not from them, it's not from their circumstances, it's not from others, it's from Jesus. It's his work in their lives. So this joy helps us live inward, it helps us live upward. Joy helps us live outward. This joy is a blessing for each one of us. And the Holy Spirit blesses us as he produces the fruit of the Spirit in us. And it allows us to be a blessing to others around us. The joy we have in Jesus encourages our brothers and sisters in Jesus to live for Jesus. Have you ever seen a person who's going through a challenging time? I mean, they're doing it with just the joy of the Lord. I'm sure we could all say yes. We know of folks, even currently today, that are going through challenges. Maybe they're here for the first time in a long time this morning, and it's an expression of their faith and trust in the Lord because of the challenges they're going through their lives, and yet they're here and there's joy in their life. Man, that is an encouragement to us to live for Jesus. The joy we have in Jesus encourages our brothers and sisters in Christ to live for Jesus. Your encouragement helps us to continue 
walking by the Spirit. The joy we have in Jesus points those who don't know Jesus to Jesus. It stands out. This joy in Jesus stands out. It's like a shining light that stands out, that draws those who don't have this joy closer and closer to Jesus. Joy, the joy we have in Jesus helps us to be effective witnesses for Jesus. We understand and and realize that Jesus truly is the good news of great joy for all people. Joy helps us to live outward as witnesses for Christ. This joy is unique. This joy is a gift of God to you and to me in Christ Jesus that continues to grow in our lives as we walk by the Spirit. The third point, therefore, is that we must watch out for joy stealers. We must watch out for joy stealers. Remember, as we will see in every one of the fruit of the Spirit as we walk through these, the reality of spiritual warfare is always before us. God is at work in us. Our enemy Satan is at work on us. Satan doesn't want us to live a life of joy in Jesus. Understand, he doesn't want joy in your life and in my life. He does not want us in our lives to be marked by love or to be marked by joy. He doesn't want that. Our enemy wants us to walk by the flesh, not the spirit, because the flesh is opposed to the things of the spirit, and the spirit is opposed to the things of the flesh. The flesh leads us and others away from God. The spirit leads us and others to God. And so we know and understand on a day-by-day basis, Satan is constantly at work on us. The Holy Spirit is at work in us. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're protected in Christ Jesus. God is at work in us, but, the Holy, but we know our enemy is at work on us, and he is trying to lure us away from Jesus. He's trying to lure us away from walking by the Spirit so that we'll walk by the flesh, because when we walk by the flesh, not the Spirit, we lose sight of this joy that we have in Jesus. And there are certain tactics that he uses to lure us away from walking by the Spirit, to encourage us to turn away from God, to help us to lose sight of the joy that is ours in Jesus. A few of the most common joy stealers. The first is real simple. It's obvious. It's sin. Sin breaks our fellowship with God. Sin steals our joy in Jesus. David, our Old Testament friend, described this when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet for his sin against God with Bathsheba. And David confessed his sin to God. He cried out to God and asked God to forgive him of his sin. And he said, restore the joy of your salvation to me in Psalm 51, 12. He said, restore the joy of your salvation, the joy of your salvation, and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. David said, God, forgive me. And as you forgive me, Father God, would you restore that joy that is mine with you by faith and trust in you, would you restore that? And would you grant me a willing spirit to say no to the flesh and to follow you by faith? That's why it's so important for us. As we confess our sins on a daily basis, we receive God's forgiveness of our sins. And God restores the joy 
of our salvation. And then that joy of our salvation encourages us to continue living for Jesus. When we sin against God, we know it as a follower of Jesus Christ. Paul has already talked about this earlier in chapter 5. We know it. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We know we're wrong. We know we shouldn't have said that, done that, gone there, been a part of that, looked at that. We know we shouldn't have thought that. We know. And as we sin against God, that breaks that sweet fellowship we have with God, and it begins to sap our joy in Jesus because we know we're outside of what he wants. We're walking by the flesh, not the spirit. And so as we confess our sins, oh, God is faithful and just. He'll forgive us and cleanse us and purify us of all of our sins, all of our unrighteousness. And as he forgives us, he begins that restoration process. That joy begins to well back up in us. So we walk by the Spirit and not the flesh. Empowers us to, to live for Jesus. A second joy stealer is other people. Paul understood this, and many of you already said amen under your breath for fear that that other person may be sitting near you possibly this morning. Who knows? Paul. Paul understood how easy it is for other people to hinder us from walking by the Spirit, to put a stress on us that leads us to, at times, walk in the flesh. Paul understood how people can cause us to lose sight of our joy in Jesus. Paul understood, as we've shared in Galatians, Paul understood the challenge that he faced with the false teachers. In Galatians, his challenge was with the false teachers over and over again. Dealing with them, correcting them, challenging them as they continually came against him. So Paul understood and dealt with the false teachers in Galatians that we've been reading about. Paul dealt with, believe it or not, not false teachers, but Paul dealt with some other brothers in Christ, some other pastors and preachers who were preaching Jesus, who were preaching Christ, who were preaching the gospel out of envy, jealousy, rivalry, and selfish ambition against Paul, not out of love for Paul, while Paul was in prison in Philippians. So Paul understood that those joy stealers, other people can come from outside the church, but Paul also understood those joy stealers can also be people inside the church. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, I love his response in verse 17. The others proclaim Christ, these other brother pastors. He said, the others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Paul kept his eyes on Jesus, and he was filled with joy in Jesus. As you and I keep our eyes on Jesus, we are filled with the joy in Jesus. Paul rejoiced. Why? Because the gospel, because Christ was proclaimed. 
Now, certainly we know this could not have meant that these brothers in Christ were, were false teachers in Philippi because false teachers don't rightly proclaim Christ. They don't rightly proclaim the gospel. And Paul would certainly not rejoice, as we've learned in our study of Galatians, Paul would certainly not rejoice in false teachers and in false teaching. No, these were brothers in Christ. These were fellow preachers and teachers who saw Paul's imprisonment as an opportunity to bump themselves up the ladder of prominence at Paul's expense. And Paul said, while he was in prison, knowing this was going on, hearing this was going on, Paul said, it's all right. I don't care whether from false motives from these brothers or from true mothers, I'm going to rejoice because Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ is being proclaimed. That is keeping your eyes on Jesus. And that is the joy of Jesus at work. That's why Paul later told the Ephesian elders as he was making his way to Rome, he would not see them again. Paul reminded these elders, these brothers, he said, beware, watch out. Because when I leave, there's going to be savage wolves. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be folks that come from outside the church to try to destroy the church. But he said, be careful because they'll also come from inside the church to try to destroy the church. So we understand sin, other people. A third is our circumstances. Clearly circumstances can distract us and, and lead us away from our joy in Jesus. Paul didn't allow the circumstances to turn him away from Jesus. Paul's circumstance of being in prison didn't steal his joy in Jesus. Paul's circumstance of his weakness in the flesh that we talked about in Galatians chapter 4 didn't steal his joy in Jesus. Paul's battle with the false teachers in Galatians didn't steal his joy in Jesus. Paul and his beating at the hands of the unbelieving Jews throughout his ministry didn't steal his joy in Jesus. And so we understand that we must be alert. We must be aware. We must be on guard spiritually as followers of Christ, so that sin in our own lives, so that other people, and so circumstances, so the circumstances of our lives, as challenging and difficult as they may be at times, so that these circumstances don't distract us from Jesus, distract us from walking by the Spirit, and cause us to lose sight of the joy that we have in Jesus. I think it's interesting, I've been reading some studies that have been done recently as a result of the pandemic in regards to church and, and believers in Christ Jesus. And, and one result that uh, has kind of stood out across some of these studies is th that it's become obvious for believers, individual believers, and for churches that one of the results of the pandemic is there is a growing sense of apathy and frustration among believers. A growing sense of apathy and frustration. Those studies show, in other words, that there's not a lot of joy in Jesus due to our circumstances, due to the unique circumstances that we've been dealing with over these past couple of years. The good news is the Holy Spirit 
who works in us is greater than our circumstances. Amen? He's greater. And so we as followers of Christ, we have this power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. We can watch out for these joy stealers. We can remember that our joy comes from Jesus, not our circumstances. We're not going to set ourselves up to get apathetic or frustrated due to our circumstances. We know we're not looking for joy in our circumstances. We are looking for our joy in Jesus. We're focused on him. We are alert. We're aware. We're on guard spiritually. Our minds are ready for action. We're walking by the Spirit, knowing that as we do, this joy continues to be produced in us, and it continues to pour out from us, encouraging us to continue to follow Jesus by faith. And so the fourth point, obviously it leads to this fourth point, and the fourth point is that we must stay focused on Jesus. If we've got these joy stealers coming at us, then clearly we must stay focused on Jesus. I love this passage of Scripture. I want to encourage you to turn to your left to Luke. Real quick, Luke chapter 10. Turn to your left to Luke chapter 10. We need to stay focused on Jesus. This is what Paul has been teaching these believers in Galatians throughout our study of Galatians. We see it in the Gospels here, in Luke in particular, in Luke chapter 10, in this amazing scene that unfolds in Luke's Gospel. Again, remembering that we must stay focused on Jesus. He's at work in us. We must stay focused on him. In Luke chapter 10, Luke writes about this scene that unfolds with Jesus and his disciples. Begin reading in verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus sent out the 72, these disciples, these followers of his, and they were to go and they were to preach and teach the kingdom of God. They were to go and Jesus gave them authority to heal sickness and to heal folks and gave them power over the spirits and demons. He gave them the power uh, to go forth, and he was sharing this at the beginning of Luke chapter 10. And they come back, and the 72 gather back, and so they're all back now. They're reporting back to Jesus and these disciples get back and the 72 return with joy. Obviously they got joy. They've seen the kingdom of God expanded. They saw people turn to faith in God. They were able to see that the Spirit submitted, the demons submitted to them in the name of Jesus. They were on fire. They said they returned with joy saying, Lord even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, watch this, watch Watch this. I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Referring back to that time at the fall where the fall happened with Jesus and Satan, Lucifer, was cast out of heaven. I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Basically, I am the one who gives you victory in ministry. I am the one who gives you victory in life. I am one who gives you victory over the principalities of darkness and evil forces in the heavenly realms. He said, nothing at all will harm you. Now listen to what Jesus says. However, don't, don't rejoice the Spirit submit to you. Hold on. However, don't rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now look at this. The disciples rejoiced in the score. 
They said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus said, rejoice in the Savior. Rejoice, your names are written in heaven. The disciples rejoiced at the results of the day. Jesus said, rejoice in the one who rules the day. Jesus said, rejoice, your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that you know Jesus. Rejoice that you are known by Jesus. Rejoice that you are chosen by God in Jesus. Rejoice that you are right with God in Jesus. Rejoice that you are children of God in Jesus. Whether the score turns out the way we want each day, whether our day goes the way we want each day, we can always rejoice because Our names are written in heaven by God's grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. This is the reason for our joy. Since our joy is in Jesus, we must stay focused on Jesus. We must not fall into the trap of basing our joy each day on the score rather than the Savior, which is exactly what our enemy wants us to do. He wants us to base our joy on the score, not the Savior. Remember, the score of each day doesn't always go our way. Things don't always turn out the way we want them to. Life's not fair. It's not meant to be. We live in a fallen, sinful world. People don't do what we want them to do. People don't say what we want them to say. People don't change the way we want them to change. We don't change the way we want to change. Our circumstances don't always change the way we want them to change. And things don't always go our way. And it's easy for us to get frustrated, for us to get upset, for us to get fearful. Because the score, the results of the day aren't turning out our way. And we don't like waiting and we're tired of trusting in the Lord. And we're tired of praying and praying and praying and seeing no difference. And we start believing that there's not going to be any change, that we won't be able to change, that the other person won't change, that there's not going to be any change in our circumstance, in our situation. And so what happens is when we base our joy on the score, not the Savior, we begin to pull away from God and his word and from fellowship with his people. We stop giving to Jesus. We stop going in Jesus. We stop going for Jesus which is exactly what our enemy wants us to do. That's why we must stay focused on Jesus, and we stay focused on Jesus as we spend time with Jesus. Day by day, spending time in his word, spending time with him in prayer, spending time with him in fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Spending time with him in just simple worship and praise. Spending time with him in just meditation. Spending time with him, alone time with him, throughout the day, dwelling on the Spirit of God who is at work in us. Spending time. We see his work in us of just giving him praise and honor and glory. You see, we must stay focused on Jesus. The score went their way. The score told the disciples that they won. Because on this particular trip, even the demons submitted to them. And they were so full of joy. 
There's a reason. Without question, that would have been awesome. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. But Jesus knows. And he said, guys, guys, don't miss the big picture. Don't just rejoice that the demons submitted to your name, to your ministry in, in my name. He said, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So what's our application? It's real simple. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. As we walk by the Spirit, we'll focus on Jesus. As we walk by the Spirit, we will follow after Jesus. As we walk by the Spirit, we'll rejoice in Jesus. As we walk by the Spirit, we'll rejoice that we have received every spiritual blessing from God in Christ Jesus. We'll rejoice that no one or nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. We'll rejoice for freedom. Christ Jesus has set us free. We'll rejoice that we are all one, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus. We will rejoice we are members of God's family in Christ Jesus. We will rejoice because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. We will rejoice because our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We will rejoice because we know Jesus told us, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that where I am, you may be also. We will rejoice because Jesus He's made it clear to us in his word that this world is not our home. We're passing through. As we walk by the Spirit, God produces his joy in us. As we walk by the Spirit, God's joy shines through us. As we walk by the Spirit, we rejoice in Jesus. And we rejoice in Jesus because we know Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better than everything. And Jesus is better than everyone because Jesus is the reason our names are written in heaven. So as we look to the cross, as we look to the cross, we see Love incarnate. And as we look to the cross, we see joy abundant. That love and that joy that is ours in Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. The worship team's gonna come and lead us in this time of response. And I want to just encourage you right there to, to just bow in prayer in your own heart and mind and Allow the Holy Spirit to continue His work in your life. We're going to respond in obedience to the Father as He's speaking. That response is going to look different because He's speaking to us in different ways at the different points in our lives where we find ourselves this morning. The altar is open as it always is to come and kneel and do business with the Father, to, to cry out to the Father. Maybe it's to to just rejoice in the Lord. Maybe that's his message to you, is just simply to rejoice in the Lord. Maybe it's to confess 
a sin and to, and to cry out to the Father and ask him to, rejoice, to, to restore the joy that you have in Jesus. Maybe it's just to ask the Father to continue to fill you with his joy as you follow him through this time of, of difficulty, this test of your faith. Maybe it's a new season in life. The, the Spirit is speaking and moving and speaking to each one of us right where we are. Our pastors and ministers will be up here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never received God's gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus, then why not right here, why not right now, why not today? What a great day to receive this gift of salvation by responding to the grace of God that sent Jesus to the cross in your place to pay the price for your sin by placing your faith in Jesus, by saying yes to him. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you. This is our opportunity as brothers in Christ, as sisters in Christ, to minister to one another. Let's respond to the Lord in obedience. Let's stand and say yes to him.